1: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
2: Thank God for Bart Scott. We'll get to that (laughs) in a little bit. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, as we continue to wait to find out what exactly will Aaron Rodgers be doing next season. Canty is going to get so sick of hearing this by the end of this that he'll be begging Rodgers to just sign. There is no doubt in my mind that he is tired of hostage. You know, these things are just out of my control. (laughs) By Aaron Rodgers. Day 61. Day 61. It almost sounds like the guy from 24. (laughs) (laughs) It does, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Well, Canty, listen. If, If we all expect at this point Aaron Rodgers to become a Jet. And the big question that we have been tackling today has been based around what exactly he does for the Jets and where he positions them in the AFC. And neither one of us uh, seem to think, other than making them a playoff team, it's going to suddenly vault them into the Kansas City-Cincinnati conversation, maybe not even to the Chargers Jacksonville conversation. He may be sixth or seventh in the entire conference when it comes to a quarterback leading a really good team, and the, and the and the Jets have talent. Let's not get around that. It's just what is Aaron Rodgers anymore with what happened this past year? With how I mean, the word is poorly because comparatively speaking, you come off an MVP year and then you drop to twenty sixth in QBR. You played poorly. So, but Kenti, let's argue for a moment that he is a jet. Mm. You look around the AFC East, we got the news earlier today that the Dolphins picked up Tua Tungvaluwa's fifth-year option, which guarantees him $23.6 million for 2024, which is, I think, surprising to the both of us. No doubt. Matt Jones had a step-back kind of year in his second year in the league, Mm -hmm. and Josh Allen turned the ball over in the red zone left and right. What quarterback in the AFC East at that point among those four do you expect to have a bounce-back type season? I'd have to go with the most talented of the quarterbacks, and that
3: would be Josh Allen. And I know that he took a step back in losing Brian Daybol. It was his first time with Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator. I think the familiarity, the experience of this season, understanding how Ken Dorsey likes the design plays and how he sequences his play calls – is going to bode well for Josh being able to get things back on track and cut down on the turnover. So when I look at the landscape of the division and the quarterbacks involved, I have more faith in Josh Allen because of not only the ability, but the stability that's around him.
2: Look, I, I think that is the the answer that makes the most sense. Am I wrong to at least not give some of the benefit of the doubt to Rodgers here? Because I... I don't think I am, and it's not, I know, I've gotten a lot, that, a lot of this the other day, there's no doubt that, you know, I've been thoroughly annoyed by what Rogers has done the last couple of years. <laughs> I'm not going to try to hide that. Thoroughly. It's, yeah. it's aggravating, and has it affected my opinion at times? Eh, possibly. Possibly. But, I do think that we lose sight of the fact that he's 39 years old. And he had a bad year this past year. He didn't look terribly interested last offseason. Coming off a playoff loss to the 49ers at home after you won 13 games, you would think that would tick you off more than anything else, but it really didn't. So, Canty, like, I, there is this assumption amongst most of football fans in America that Aaron Rodgers is going to step into the Jets and have a major bounce-back season for them. And I think that's – I think it's a bit foolhardy as much as I want to try to look at the situation uh, objectively. Well, we have to define what a bounce-back season is. Is it Aaron
3: Rodgers throwing 35 touchdown passes? Or is it Aaron Rodgers being able to take a team on a deep playoff run? Because if you look at what Aaron Rodgers has done in the postseason, it's going in the wrong direction, big fellow. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago was the championship game. He lost at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they were on their way to winning the Super Bowl. Two years ago, they lost in the divisional round to the San Francisco 49ers as the number one seed in the conference. And that was a game where the 49ers offense didn't score a touchdown. And they still lost at home. And then this past year, week 18 against the Detroit Lions, winning in. Lions had nothing to play for other than pride and you put up a grand total of 16 points. That doesn't sound MVP-esque. Now, if you want to point to the young receivers last year, okay, I get it. But what was the excuse in 2021? The 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 the, the back the, the second of his back-to-back MVPs, what was the excuse in the postseason then? You had Devontae Adams. What happened then? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I, I that's the part that I struggle with in terms of trying to calibrate what this Jets team is going to be, because I do agree that they would be the favorite in the AFC East going into the season if they land Rodgers, because I'm anticipating the Bills taking a step back because they're losing a lot of veteran personnel of free agency. You, know, you, you just can't trust what you saw from from the New England Patriots based on how Mac Jones played. And you don't know what's going on with the health of Tua. So I, I, it's almost by default that the, the New York Jets become the favorite in the division. And they haven't won the division since 2002. So that's a long damn time. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2010. So that's a long time. So if it's a bounce back year for the Jets organization, sure. Bounce back year for Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. I, I don't see him being back playing back to an MVP level. But quite frankly, Colin, they don't need him to be an
2: MVP in order for this team to get to the postseason. No, they don't. But I, I, what bothers me is he. can't. He threw twelve picks this past year. Yeah. In the previous three seasons before that, he threw a combined thirteen <laughs> over three years, and then he moves to twelve last year in one year. I, I can't look at that any other way objectively. So that's where it really gets to be a problem for me. Let's bring in ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody to discuss this even further. Damian, it is uh, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. What's going on, man? We appreciate a few minutes. How you doing?
4: I'm good, guys. How you guys doing?
2: We're doing outstanding, and we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and what's fair to expect and what's not fair to expect when uh, 2023 comes around if we are going to operate under the assumption at this point that he's a New York Jet. So what is fair to expect from Aaron Rodgers and the impact he can have on the Jets?
4: Uh, I think the impact will be fairly significant. I'm operating under the assumption that we will see the Aaron Rodgers that's closer to the MVP level than we saw last year when he was dealing with the broken thumb and obviously new weapons on the outside with the rookies at the wide receiver position. Um, so if we're getting that Aaron Rodgers here with the, with the New York Jets. Listen, I, I understand the feeling uh, when you when you bring in that type of quarterback. Remember in 2008 when uh, the Jets traded for Brett Favre, I was with that team, and I remember I, we, it happened during the preseason. Uh, we were on the road in Cleveland, and I remember all the 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 noise and, and, and you know the the chatter um, in the building about something big happening. And then next thing you know, Brett Favre walks into our our meeting room and there was just just like this shock. But but along with the shock was this level of of excitement. And I think that's what Aaron Rodgers will do when you have this type of quarterback to bring a level of excitement and confidence that will permeate through the rest of the team. And to me, that's dangerous in a good way for the New York Jets.
2: Okay, so with that in mind, here's Bart Scott from this week. Big Wood. And we're gonna play this for you, play this for the audience as well. On the impact that he can have. Bart, uh, I believe on Get Up this week, of course, of Barton Hahn on 987 ESPN New York.
1: We know that he's still mobile enough to be able to buy time in the pocket. He still has a huge arm, and he does all the little things. You talk about the football acumen. He does all the nuanced stuff that contributes to winning at a high level. He knows all the tricks. And I think he still has more left in the tank than what Peyton Manning had when he went to Denver. I think he has more in the tank than what Tom Brady had when he went down to, to, to Tampa Bay and I love a pissed off Aaron Rodgers with something to prove coming off of a, a down season for him I think that he'll definitely be a top three quarterback if not the MVP next year when you consider the weapons and if he's going to give back some money to allow the Jets have some yeah. salary cap relief to be able to bring weapons so that he can play at the highest level
2: D Wood I, I love Bart you know I work with <laughs> Bart <laughs> but are we pushing it here a bit
4: <laughs> you know, we, <laughs> I love Bart too, man. I, I do. You know what? You know, Chris. What's funny is, man, um, I was actually on with Bart today, um, and we we having this. I think we're having the we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and where like where does Aaron Rodgers fit if you um, if were traded to the Jets, as far as the best quarterbacks in the AFC, and like you know, I said I said maybe in the top four. Because um, I was, I I say personally, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, um, uh, Josh Allen, and then I, you know I could slot Aaron Rodgers in if he's if he's a hundred percent right, all in. You know I could see that. Um, I, I just you know listen, MVP could it happen? Maybe yeah, it could happen. But I'm also looking at the fact that the man's going to be what forty? He's yep. going be forty. Like we got to take, Like you can't dismiss that. Okay, Thank you. it's rare. Like you got, you got to take that into account. The fact that he's going to be forty years old, he's coming to a new team. I know, we're going to, I know, the Jets are going to run basically the same offense um, that they ran in, in Green Bay. But there's a lot of variables here that you just don't know. So, although I am very optimistic with Aaron Rodgers coming here, and I think Aaron, I think Aaron Rodgers will have a bounce back, will have a bounce back year according to his standards. I'm also not going to look and say, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, you know, coming here, he's just going to be an MVP." I just can't throw that out there in good conscience.
3: Would if the Jets are able to pull off this move and you know consummate a trade with the Green Bay Packers for Rodgers? How much pressure does that put on Joe Douglas and Rob Sala to deliver not only a team that gets to the postseason, but a team that's capable of going on a deep playoff run?
4: Well, let me tell you something. There's this guy named Woody Johnson. You maybe you've heard of him, but I think Woody Johnson is, is a guy. And listen, I love Woody Johnson from just in my personal relationship, but don't think there's not going to be expectations from the owner. Mm-hmm. Let's just make that be known. There's a reason why they're pursuing Aaron Rodgers, okay? Because everyone saw the, the you know, how awful the quarterback play was with the New York Jets last year. If the, if the Jets pulled this off, man, the expectations in the building from the top down are going to be astronomical. Because considering the fact that, you know, everyone's been talking about, you know, all this roster is so great, that you know, so many young pieces, which it does have, and everything, that, the only thing that's been missing is a quarterback. Well, guess what? You go out and get the quarterback, expectations will be through the roof, and the owner's going to expect, those expectations to be met. So there's going to be tremendous amount of, rep- uh, tremendous amount of pressure on not only Joe Douglas, but Robert Salah next year.
3: It, it would just to follow up on that. This is clearly a win now move by the jets, right? You're not going after a 40 year old quarterback and giving up significant compensation via draft picks and uh, salary demands from Rodgers without thinking that you're going to be capable of competing for a championship. But, but just, how realistic do you think it is for the New York Jets to win a championship in year one with Aaron Rodgers if they're able to make this trade?
4: Um, listen, I think I think a pissed off Rodgers. I think there's a chance, Chris. I do. I, I think like this is a young, this is a young and talented roster. Like, make no mistake about that. You know, you're talking about a top four defense last year. That's basically going to be return almost everybody back. Okay, they got a lot of... They got the offensive rookie of the year in Gary Wilson. Brees Hall is coming back. Like, they had a couple linemen that were out. Big-time linemen that out. They'll be back. So, there is a lot of pieces on this team. And again, the, the nucleus of this team, the, the, where, where all the, you know, exciting stars, they're all operating on rookie deals. So, it's like, it's like now or never. Now's the time to go ahead and do it. So... Yeah, listen. I think if Aaron Rodgers is right, I think if he's playing closer to the MVP level than closer to the uh, the level he played at last year, yes, I do. I do consider them as one of the teams that will battle to to uh, try to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl.
2: ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody with us. All right, if you made it, Roger. If you had your choice for the Jets, knowing taking everything into account, compensation, all that stuff. Rodgers or Lamar Jackson? Oh. Oh. Uh. What, I mean, I, and listen, it's got to be Lamar Jackson, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're I mean, you're, talking about,
4: you're talking about, listen, you're talking about a 26-year-old former unanimous MVP in this league. I mean, just off of age alone. And people, and here's the thing, uh, Chris, here's the thing here is that people will talk, Talk, kind of you know try to talk bad about Lamar Jackson passing passing, To look at Lamar Jackson's stats, Lamar Jackson is one of the best passes that we have in the National Football League, and that's operating without a legitimate number one wide receiver on the outside. Lamar Jack, if Lamar Jackson was in this Jets offense, he has better personnel in this offense than he does in Baltimore. So, like that would be that would be sc- what I call scary hours if Lamar Jackson was dropped in this Jets offense, to be honest with you.
2: So this is what this is what I don't get. Why wouldn't teams like the Jets be knocking on that door instead? I get it. Everybody knows they don't want to give a fully guaranteed contract. We don't know that they have to, but we've got teams that are not even knocking on, at least so far, not, no indication that teams are willing to try to go after this. And it escapes me as to why, other than... You know, we don't want to put in the work and make it easy for the Ravens to just match. I don't get it.
4: Uh, listen, I, Chris, I, I I agree with you. I yeah. agree. The, you know, the, the thing that was so, so frustrating to me, you know, when the, when the whole tag situation, um, the, the, the tag announcement dropped on Tuesday was the fact that you saw all of these clubs that needed quarterbacks, you know, make announcements that, you know, we're not going to pursue that. I'm like, Really? Really? A twenty-six-year-old former league MVP, and you're not even going to go out to at least put in a call. Like that's that's where we're at right now. It's, it's you know it's just crazy because there's just a, such a lack of, of quality uh, as far as the quarterback position, and a lot of these teams need a quarterback, and you're not even willing to put a call into Mar- Lamar Jackson. It baffles it baffles the mind, in my opinion.
3: Talking with ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody on Canteen Carlin and Wood. The other big news of the day: the Miami Dolphins exercised Tua Tagovailoa's fifth-year option. What are your thoughts on the decision by the Dolphins?
4: The Dolphins are all in on Tua. Like you don't make that you don't make that decision if you don't think that Tua is part of your long-term your long-term plans. And I get it. You know, Tua have I believe you know three concussions last year. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I understand the, the you know the the severity of the situation and all that, but I think the Miami Dolphins are comfortable where medically where Tua stands at right now, and they look at Tua and said, if you look at Tua, the way Tua played when he was out on the field, Tua played like a top five quarterback last year. Make mm-hmm. no mistake about it. When Tua was on the field, Tua was a top five quarterback in this league. So I think the Miami Dolphins feel comfortable about the, the medical situation. And I think they view too as a, as a long-term solution at the quarterback position.
2: Big Wood, we appreciate it. Thanks for the time, as usual. Oh, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good weekend. They Wood, Damian Woody, with Canty. I'm legitimately angry at this point over this whole situation. Over, over, why teams wouldn't want to pursue a superior, superior athletic, great quarterback in this league? Because they're scared off and trying to set a precedent. Uh, you know what, Carlin? I,
3: I I felt the same way. I'm going to reserve my outrage until the start of the legal tampering period on Monday. Okay, That's then when it, it'll pick back up. Like
2: if he's sitting on the market this time next week without an offer or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose it. Yeah. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Canty, did you see that? Um, Aaron Rodgers actually has something else on his schedule coming up. I did, and we have to get into that in a little bit. Yeah, um... In in the figurative sense, not the literal sense. <laughs> we'll explain I, 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we will explain what he means in just moments. First of all, though, get ready for a movie that's in a league of its own: the new comedy "Champions." Woody Harrelson stars as a hot-headed basketball coach who's in over his head when he's court ordered to manage a team with intellectual disabilities and a whole lot of attitude. The movie is directed by Bobby Farrelly, a director of "Dumb and Dumber" and "There's Something About Mary." So get ready to laugh at a comedy that's nothing but net. Champions, only in theaters today, rated PG-13. Screenplay by Mark Rizzo, directed by Bobby Farrelly.
6: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: This is the Canty and Carlin
2: Podcast. Oh, yeah. Throw it out. Throw out the rundown. Throw everything. Canty, we have got some major, major breaking news. We have got a major trade in the NFL. Adam Schefter seconds ago tweeting out the following. The Bears have traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers for the following. Carolina's pick at number nine. Their second-round pick that they acquired from San Francisco in the Christian McCaffrey trade, number 61. Mm-hmm. A first-round pick in 2024. Ooh. A second-round pick in 2025. Okay. And... DJ Moore. Ah, okay. I was close, Carlin.
3: You were very I was close. close. I, I wow. said that Carolina would be targeting a move to number one. I just thought that they would include Brian Burns, the pass rusher, but apparently they want to hang on to that guy, and I can understand why. He's pretty damn good at his job. But DJ Moore is a guy that has number one receiver potential. And the only reason why a lot more people aren't familiar with his work is because he's had a hodgepodge of quarterbacks thrown into football the last few years. And so I think having the opportunity to pair him with Justin Fields, now you have the makings of that, that quarterback and, and receiver combo for years and years to come. I, I love this move for Chicago. I also love oh. this move for Carolina because they needed a franchise quarterback. And a big reason why they hired Frank Reich as opposed to staying with interim coach Steve Wilkes is because Frank Reich is an offensive-minded head coach, and they needed to go in that direction because they were going to have to develop a young quarterback. So I
2: think it's a win-win for both sides. So there are a few things that are very interesting to me about this. Number one, I love the fact that they got DJ Moore. I mean, they went from no receivers at all – to adding Chase Claypool during the season, and then D.J. Moore. And you've got a guy in D.J. Moore that, as you pointed out, with virtually no quarterback last year, still had nearly 900 yards and seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And the three years prior to that was over 1,000 yards each year. D.J. Mm-hmm. Moore can absolutely be a number one pick and number one receiver. And if I'm not mistaken, he got a contract already, did he not? Yeah, he's paid. He's paid, DJ he's paid contract. already. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to worry about that. No. no. Then you get the ninth pick, which I'm interested that they slid down that far. Because what did we hear Ryan Pohl say last week? I've got to be able to say that at the ninth pick, I'm going to get one of those guys. He said this to Peter King that is on our blue chip level, our blue level, which is basically blue chip. In other words, you got about nine, 10, 11 guys in a draft who are on that level to him. So he felt like they would be able to get a guy at nine. And also the fact we talked about this the other day, that if they had waited and had actually, you know, cut a deal to become effective on draft day, they could have gotten a 2026 first round pick. Because on draft day, you're allowed to trade that pick. Yeah. You're you're not allowed to do it before that. So what do you think about their return? Did they get enough? No, I think they got
3: enough because
2: you have to think about it in this context.
3: What do you need? Well, you needed a cornerstone defensive player and you needed a wide receiver. Well, this draft has a lot of really good defensive players. This draft is a little light when it comes to the wide receiver corps. And so I think that's what the Bears were looking at in terms of trying to find somebody that they could pair with Justin Fields so their quarterback could take off in year three. We know that he's dynamic when he's running the football. He had 1,100 yards rushing last year. But they've got to start accentuating his arm talent. And going out and getting a guy like DJ Moore, a receiver that can dictate front coverage, is going to go a long ways to helping Justin Fields become a much better thrower of the football, a guy that can win from the pocket, not just a guy that you have to put on the move in order for his offense to have a chance to sustain drives. So I like the move. Uh, I mean, I'm just sitting here looking at the latest mock draft that Todd McShay came out with, Carlin, and the first receiver off the board is at 14. So, that mm-hmm. just gives you an idea. You know, in years past, you're seeing receivers come off the board in the top 10. I mean, last year, you're talking about Garrett Wilson and Drake London being top 10 picks. This year, you know, you're talking about the first receiver coming off the board, you know, in the middle of the first round. So, I think this class, although they do have some talent, they're not going to have somebody that can step in and provide Justin Fields what DJ Moore can do. And I think that's the most important aspect of it. But. As far as the timing of this is all goes, Carlin, if you listen to what Ryan Pohl said at the Combine, he said that he could potentially make a move and make a trade before, you know, sooner rather than later before the start of free agency if it involved a player. And that's why I'm not surprised that the Bears ended up flipping the number one overall pick now as opposed to later because they wanted to include a veteran player in that deal, somebody that they could bank on to help their team, to help their quarterback in 2023. I'm
2: just looking at this. I I absolutely love this for the Chicago Bears. I love this trade. It's hard not to. I mean... Uh, you know, Claypool has another year on his deal. He's getting paid nothing. They still have a ton of cap space, even with picking up more. And you're still in the top ten. You get an yeah. extra second round pick, which is at the end of the round. I, I, you know, I couldn't. I'm sure they tried, but you can't be too greedy and try to get the pick at the beginning of the second round. Yeah. And then first rounder and a second rounder the next couple of years. And Kenny, what's the important part of that? What you get is. On the odd chance that Justin Fields actually takes a step back, it positions you to go and look at the position uh to look at quarterback again in the draft if you need to. If you yeah. feel like after this year that he's not your guy, that he can't throw the football well enough, which I personally I think they're gonna end up paying him because I love yeah. him. Yeah, I, think I, he's think, really I, good. I, I I think he's a really good football player. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. But yeah. This is a hell of an insurance policy to have.
3: Oh, no doubt about it. But I mean, here's the thing. You can restock the coffers in terms of being able to build out the rest of your team. And now that you've taken care of the wide receiver position, you've got a solid number one and a solid number two, uh, not to mention a tight end that has a lot of upside and commit. I think now you can start addressing the business of rebuilding that defense. And this is the perfect draft to be able to do that. There are a lot of defenders that that the Chicago Bears can look at, and they said that there are seven players that are worthy of the number one overall pick. So we always know that quarterbacks get pushed up to the top of the draft. So you got to believe that one of those guys is going to be sitting there at nine. That Ryan Poles would have at least considered based on the grade taken with the first overall pick. Had he did stayed he, with the pick?
2: Did he get sucked in by by Richardson at the combine? Oh. <laughs> And he decided, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to make, make him my guy. Boy, I'll tell you, it's going to be very interesting. The the Panthers, I mean, being oh, able mean to make Panthers. that move. Okay. Yes, being the Panthers. No, it, can't, it, can't be, it can't be Richardson. It can't be. <laughs> I don't know. Be. Everybody's, you know, Mike Mamula.
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. It can't be that.
2: Canty, I love breaking news. Nobody loves breaking news more. So now we want to hear your reactions to this from both sides. Number one, did the Panthers do the right thing? Did they give up too much to go up and get the number one pick? Presumably it would be Bryce Young, but who knows? And number two, What about the Bears and their return? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. To recap, here's what it is again. The Bears have traded the number one pick to the Carolina Panthers for the ninth overall pick, a second-round pick, pick number 61, which is at the end of the second round that they got from the uh, 49ers in the Christian McCaffrey trade, 2024 first-rounder, 2025 second rounder and wide receiver DJ Moore, all headed to the Bears uh, in return for the number one pick. Lines are open for your reaction. Did the Bears get enough? Did Carolina give up too much? And who does Carolina take? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's next. Get on board. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
1: Carlin, the podcast
2: huge trade in the NFL. In case you're just joining us, the Chicago bears have traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers in return. The bears get the number nine overall pick number 61, which is toward the end of the second round. It's the uh, second round pick that Carolina had from the 49ers in the Christian McCaffrey trade, a first round pick next year and a second round pick in 2025. Also, DJ Moore, the wide receiver. So they get a boatload to slide down from number one to number nine. Your reaction on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's do it with Hayden up first in Ohio on ESPN Radio. Hayden, what do you say? Hey,
6: good evening, fellas. Wow, how fun is this? What a way to go to the weekend while we're all hanging out with our boys and uh, having some cocktail conversations. Um, it's kind of cool. As a, I'm, I'm a newly found Bears fan over the last year, primarily because of you guys. I Used to be a Browns fan, but I listen to you guys every day. And long story short, became a Bears fan uh, here in Toledo, Ohio. Maddie for the Toledo, guy. Shout out to Toledo. And uh, it's it's pretty amazing. My my my. I think for both sides, it seems like a great trade. If you're a Panthers fan, you're pumped up. If you're a Bears fan, you're pumped up. I think as a Buckeyes fan as well, myself. I have. I, I know I heard kids talking about, you know, probably Bryce Young. I, as great as, as much as I love Bryce Young as a college football player, I just have a hard time believing that they're going to give that much up uh, for the guy that has the, the his major concern is the durability. Uh, for that reason, I expect him to go Stroud, and uh, you know, I'm just really excited to see the next month or so play out.
3: Thanks, guys. Yeah, you didn't hear me say Bryce Young. I, I'm a CJ yeah. Stroud guy. Like, and I'm with you, like, if you're trading up to number one, I I want to take the guy that gives me the best chance and the guy that has the least amount of risk associated with his overall development. C.J. Stroud has less risk than Bryce Young does because of his stature. Now, if you want to say Bryce Young has more upside because of his ability as a passer, okay, I can buy that. But to me, I'm, all, I'm looking at the prospect – that has the highest floor, not necessarily looking at the guy that has the highest
2: ceiling, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I get it. A guy that's not going to bottom out and that you know is going to be a quarterback in, you know, in the league in five years. I think that's yeah. – I'm with you. I would go C.J. Stroud myself. When I said that, I was operating more off of what the popular opinion has been so far. Let's hit yeah. Dre in Pittsburgh next on ESPN Radio. Dre, what do you think of the deal? Man, I think it was an absolute slam dunk on both sides. I mean, I'm with Canty
1: on this one. C.J. Stroud is definitely the number one overall pick. I mean, Bryce Young's size is is too too much of a risk. And from like just seeing them both playing college, like C.J. Stroud was really that guy. Like when you really look at the tape, he's really that guy, man. Like Bryce is special, but he's just so small. Like you can't really trust it. So. I like both sides and, and DJ Moore with with Mooney and Claypool and Komet. You know, I, I like the I like the bears where they're going, man. Ryan Pose he, he he making a name for himself in the plaque and the black GMs and up and coming, man. I appreciate it. Thanks,
2: guys. You know, Canty, um I, I love the deal too, but uh Mike Clay, who works for uh ESPN, just put this out. What, Panthers, what the Panthers currently have at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Now, quarterback, we'll put aside, they're drafting a quarterback. Mm-hmm. At wide receiver and tight end, you've got Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear, and Spencer Brown. And then tie, uh, wide receivers, your number one receiver right now is Terrence Marshall and Laviska Chenault. Ian Thomas at tight end. I mean, they have got nobody in terms of weapons on offense, and they just traded away a bunch of picks, too.
3: Yeah, and so you wonder how they're going to handle the development of the number one overall pick, whichever quarterback they decide to go with. Is this going to be a situation where you let the incumbent quarterback take the slings and arrows because of the lack of weapons and you let the young guy learn so he doesn't take a beating and have the career knocked out of him, similar to what happened to David Carr, Derek's older brother? So I I wonder how the Panthers handle that, but this is a sign that Panthers owner David Tepper is tired of not having a quarterback, and he's tired of going with retreads. He's tired of going with reclamation projects. He's going to get his guy, and this is a situation right now where Scott Fritterer has got a lot of pressure on him to nail this evaluation and make the right pick.
2: Oh, you better get it right. Oh, you better not screw this yeah, one up. It's a
3: lot to give up not to get it right, big fella.
2: Now, how much of the – well, I, this is an obvious question. Frank Reich's got a ton of pressure here. I was going to ask how much are they leaning on him. They're leaning on him a ton in evaluating these guys. And, Canty, when I look at the guys that he's brought in over the last few years, am I supposed to feel great about that?
3: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I also have to look at what they did on the defensive side of the ball. And contrary to popular opinion, The the best thing for a young quarterback is not necessarily having a wide receiver or tight end. It's having a defense that can create field position and extra possessions, and that's what they have in Carolina for whoever they're going to make the number
2: one overall pick. I'm excited to see which direction they go.
1: Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
2: Breaking news late on this Friday afternoon. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. The Chicago Bears make a major trade. They send the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for the number nine overall pick. The number 61 pick, which was the pick that the Panthers had from the San Francisco 49ers in the Christian McCaffrey trade. Then also the the, uh, first round pick next year, Second round pick 2025 and wide receiver DJ Moore. So what do we do? Of course, we go to Chicago. Of course, we welcome in our Bears reporter and sometimes host on this show. She is Courtney Cronin, who joins us right now. Courtney, it wasn't going to be a quiet weekend anyway, and now it got a little bit busier. So what was your immediate reaction to the deal?
0: I mean, Ryan Poles told us he thought this was a possibility last week at the NFL Combine that he felt there was a scenario that could benefit Chicago in doing this because if they could get a player in a trade, which is really the only reason you would end up moving up right now, we typically don't see moves like this happen prior to, the you know, once free agency, the dust settles, then teams are usually more aggressive and willing to make moves that could – shake up the draft order. We saw it in 2016, about two weeks before the draft, where Carol, where uh, the uh, Tennessee Titans and Los Angeles Rams made the swap for the number one overall pick that the Rams ended up using on Jared Goff. And then, of course, you know, last year with the Saints and the Eagles, that happened in late March, uh, the Trey Lance uh, trade, that the trade that resulted in them getting Trey Lance in San Francisco happened at the end of March, too. So, I mean, it's surprising but the hall is exactly what Ryan Poles wanted and to be able to get a receiver right now in this group, it helps because they their leading receiver was Darnell Mooney and he finished with four hundred and ninety three receiving yards and two touchdowns and missed the final five games of the season of course the future draft capital is a big deal but when you think about this team and helping Justin Fields build as a quarterback for right now having somebody for him to throw the ball to is of critical importance so getting a receiver in this trade helps Chicago gives them a little bit more clarity is regarding what the moves they can make going forward starting on Monday when the legal tampering window opens
3: and Courtney that's exactly where I wanted to go this move the timing of it anyways, is clearly with an eye toward free agency. How does this decision to trade for DJ Moore and trade down from the number one overall pick shape what the Bears plan on doing and who their top target is going into next week?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be on the offensive line and the defensive line as well, because now that you have D.J. Moore in this mix, and, you know, frankly, I was not thinking when what I heard last week, because Carolina was a team that they've got a nice young nucleus around whoever their quarterback's going to be, whether it was a D.J. Moore, a Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, and you think about some of their needs at pass rusher all over the place in Chicago. From my understanding, Burns was not available, and he was not mm-hmm. somebody that was going to be part of that conversation. So getting a receiver when the depth of this free agent class is not great, and certainly this is not a strength of this draft class, it was a smart, it was a smart move for Ryan Poles to pull off when he did. So I think going into next week, you're going to be looking – at the Orlando Browns of the world to see if they can upgrade the tackle spot on the offensive line. You might be looking at a Vernon Hargraves or other interior pass rushers or even edge rushers to try to bolster what you're doing up front because that was such a problem for them, but they're open for business. I think that that, this just shows you that they're going to be one of the more aggressive teams in free agency doing this at the 11th hour uh, on Friday night of all times. And, they need to add. I mean, they have a lot of holes to fill, and, and this one certainly, they're going to have the draft capital to start attacking a few more of them, but this one really helps them going forward.
2: Courtney Cronin, Bears reporter, ESPN NFL Nation, and sometimes host of this show with us, Canty K- Carlin on ESPN Radio. All right, so, Courtney, were the Bears likely to head uh, after a receiver in free agency? Because this uh, now at least... According to OverTheCap.com, it's a $20 million cap number uh, for the Bears this year. It gives them $75 million, uh still remaining, still the most of anybody out there. Uh, was this a need that they were going to address in free agency anyway?
0: I think they're going to try, but, like, your options aren't great, Chris. You've got to take a look at who's out there. And I know McCole Hardiman tweeted at Justin Fields yesterday. He's one of the top names in a group that has, like, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Kelvin Beecham, or excuse me, uh, the Jacoby Myers. And I mean, there's just, like, not a lot of big names. And yeah. That's the problem mm-hmm. with this receiving core. Like, the Bears don't have like their receivers that they had under – contract going into free agency was Mooney, Equinemius St. Brown, Chase Claypool and Bayless Jones Jr. That's not a great group. And if you want Justin Fields to take the next step, you have to admit that you left him with a bad lot last year and you're not going to do that again. So I think DJ Moore coming off a career high seven touchdowns last year, he had 3000 yard seasons from 2019 to 21. And just find that contract extension. is a nice number because the base salary is around 19.6 million next year. It's a pretty it's a, it's a considerable number, but it's one that they can afford because they have so much cap space that they can take on big contracts. And frankly, I think it gives them the ammunition they need to go out and add more because you need to put weapons around Justin Fields that just was not the case last year.
3: Courtney, earlier in the offseason, we got word that the Chicago Bears believed that there were seven players that were worthy of the number one overall selection. Now, they do slide back to nine. They're staying in the top ten. Do we have any idea of the targets or positions of need that they're targeting with that top ten pick?
0: Well, it's going to be interesting. I know in Todd McShay's most recent mock draft, he had them trading, I believe it was with Las Vegas, to be able to get Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern widely considered the top offensive tackle available. So, Deskaransky, is he there at number nine? I think that that's probably a pretty healthy bet to make because when you look at their defensive needs, it's, again, all up front. And I don't think Will Anderson's going to be available um, you know, for them at the number nine spot. Now, what's interesting is going to be if Jalen Carter falls – You know, the Bears were not going to be able to, just from people I've spoken with inside the organization, you know, all the stuff that came out last week and all of the murkiness around that situation, it would have been too risky for Chicago to stay at number one and take Jalen Carter if they didn't get the offer that they wanted for the number one overall pick. I just, I think that that's, it's too, you can't hedge on on somebody who, you know, got an arrest warrant for him out at the combine. That's just not a good look at all. So now... If he's available at 9, is that a swing that they're willing to make because they aren't using the top pick in the draft on this player who might have some questionable character concerns and who knows what more comes out. But I still think that if he's there, he'd be in play as well. So you'd either go offensive line or defensive tackle at that spot because, frankly, I think at number 9, Will Anderson is long gone.
2: Courtney, appreciate it. Great stuff as usual. Thanks.
0: Thanks, guys. Take care.
2: Courtney Cronin. Of course, ESPN NFL Nation covers the Bears. If you are just joining us, the Bears have traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for the number nine pick, the number 61 pick, a late second rounder they had from San Francisco. First round pick next year, second round pick 2025, and wide receiver D.J. Moore, so the Bears get an absolute haul. Courtney made the point with a tweet uh, just a few moments ago. Now, remember, the Bears do not have their second-round pick because they traded that to Pittsburgh uh, in exchange for Chase Claypool during the season last year, so the Bears uh, will go from... They do have the pick at number 53 and then the pick at number 61, so they've got Two second-round picks uh, in the second half uh, of that round. Uh, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, let's get your reaction to the trade. You're all lining up at 888-SAY-ESPN. Don't forget to tune into NBA Action Sunday night. Lakers hosting the Knicks, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 8.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Martin in Tennessee is next on ESPN Radio. Martin, what do you think about the deal?
1: man i think ryan poe is winning straight beef mode i'm
2: excited <laughs> I, uh, I, I,
1: I just think you know and in, in the mix you would get about mooney as being not a great number one but an awesome number two now you got claypool there then on top of that we add more you got commit coming on a little bit more and more every year um And you still got Montgomery in the back as a decent running back. And also they do some running back by committee. Um, I just really hope that we take this draft and get some good defensive talent. And then we use our extra cap space to bring in some experienced offensive linemen. The um, the Jets did a great job with a good young defense last year. I hope we follow that same mold and just get good young defensive players in through the draft. Um, I'm showing them with actually having the ninth, a 53rd from Baltimore from the Rokons um, trade and a 61st and then a 64 in there. So they may have lost one of those, but I think it's plenty of great opportunity to just – build up through the draft, build a defense. I'm just looking forward to, to see what happens. But I, I hope this earns us a trip from hard knocks, man. I'm getting tired of being ignored yeah. every year. Yeah. <laughs> they do have the 64th pick.
2: That's the first pick in the third round. Uh, you're right about that. But listen, canty I mean, if you're building an organization, if you're building a team from the bottom up, and you this was the huge benefit of the the possibility of ending up with the number one pick, you have mm-hmm. your quarterback and you could do this, and and you can do it with so much cap space. I mean, it's amazing the cap space that they've had, and now the the draft uh, capital that they have.
3: Yeah, it really is. But but to that last caller's point, I mean, they've got some draft capital to have three picks that you're working with in in the first two rounds. That, that's that's a lot of draft capital. That's a way to get and the your first pick of the team. third round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 that 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 that's going to get your football team better in a hurry. Now, we'll have to see what happens, what direction that they go in, but first of all, they they've, they've got to be able to protect Justin Fields in order to utilize the weapons that they're trying to put around him. So, I would be shocked. Shocked if they did not land Orlando Brown Jr in free agency, making yeah. him one of the highest, if not the highest paid tackle in all of football. All the guy does is make pro bowls. I mean, he's a phenomenal player, and he brings some championship DNA into your locker room because that's what this is all about, isn't it? Building toward becoming a true title contender. You got to have a few guys around that have done it, and Orlando Brown Jr. fits that bill, and he's been in organizations that are accustomed to competing for division titles and for championships. He started with the Ravens. He finished with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, we'll see what ends up happening in free agency, but I think that's got to be their top target, and then I wouldn't be mad if they followed that up in the draft with using that number nine overall Pete on, P- on Peter Skronsky because you got to keep Justin Fields upright in order to take advantage of what he brings to the table, his skill set, and
2: the receivers that you're surrounding him with. I love it if you end up with those two bookend tackles. That would be amazing. I mean, Brown, still a very young player and as good as he is. And then Skronsky, who I just think is very, very solid. And, and I think it's the best tackle. Yeah, the, the, the last track.
3: tackle that was in, in in that top ten territory out of Northwestern, mm. Rashawn Slater. Worked out okay. pretty Ended up being pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah,
2: to say the least. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. And by the way, I know he took him to a Super Bowl. This right here, Lovey Smith's greatest achievement as a Chicago Bears representative. (laughs) No doubt. Because he won in week 17 as head coach of the Texans. The Bears end up with the number one overall pick. Poor Lovey got fired. He got paid. But I'll tell you what. He hosed the Texans on the way out the door. Oh, there is no doubt about it, my friend. No question. How about Frank and Charlotte next on ESPN Radio? Frank, what do you think of the deal?
1: Hey, guys. Oh.
6: Big, huge Panthers fan. Love that we moved up to go get a quarterback, but kind of a scenario I want to throw out to you guys. Uh, you guys are more of the football experts than I am. With what Carolina traded away, would have been worth it for them to possibly get into the talks of getting Lamar Jackson versus trading away everything they did versus also probably going up to move up to get Bryce Young. Well, I'm also an Alabama fan, so it, I think it, that's it, coming.
2: Yeah, in essence, what you did was you traded you know the ninth pick this year and then your first round pick next year and a second rounder after that dj Moore aside in terms of what the compensation was you basically gave up more than what you would have given up to get lamar jackson in addition to paying jackson at that point to answer your question yeah they should have been in on lamar jackson absolutely they should have been
3: yeah i i guess you can look at it two ways i i mean from a program-building standpoint, I don't think the Panthers are ready to win. So,
2: See, it's funny. Dan Orlovsky said earlier, he's like, I think they're a quarterback away. They're not a quarterback away. They're not They've a quarterback got a good away. defense, but they have nobody on that offensive side other than whoever the quarterback pick is going to be.
3: Yeah, that offense, that offense needs work. That yes. offense needs work. So they're, they're, I don't see them as a quarterback away, um, but it's certainly a team that, Can find themselves competing in the NFC South, given how soft the division is. It's the worst division in football. And so now, with the number one overall pick, you have a chance to have, and I can't believe I'm saying this, the best quarterback in the division. You really do.
2: You really do. Canty, it's almost tournament time. Tune in tomorrow night, the Big 12 championship game, followed by the ACC championship game. Coverage begins 5.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Sheldon in North Carolina, up next on ESPN Radio. You like the deal for your Panthers, Sheldon?
5: Yes, sir. I like the deal for the Panthers. One of the things I think is a win-win situation, but what I really like about the Panthers, of course, Frank Wright definitely is an offensive-minded guy. But they got a guy there named Jim Caldwell, who's a senior assistant, and he's a quarterback guru. Whoever they draft is going to get the best tutelage they probably could get to really bring this guy along. And I think in a couple of years, you will see this guy as a pro bowl quarterback because Jim Caldwell is that kind of guy.
3: Sheldon, who do you want him to draft?
5: C.J. Stroud will be absolutely amazing to draft. I think that he has that prototype quarterback build. And I just think, again, with someone working along with him to um, really bring him the skills that he needs, because the NFL game is so much faster than that college game, I just know, again, he could be a big boost, certainly for the Panthers.
3: You know what's interesting, big fella, is that Sean Payton, before he took the job with the Denver Broncos, when he was serving as an analyst at another network, he said when you're picking in the top ten, you can't ignore prototypes. You can't ignore those guidelines when it comes to what you're looking for, the dominant traits, the physical attributes that you would like. He said that's something that you got to pay attention to when you're picking that high just because the risk that's associated with it if you miss on the pick. And so to me, that's what makes C.J. Stroud the guy for the Carolina Panthers. I I think (laughs) there's a lot. There's going to be criticism either way if you don't get it right. But I just think, You give yourself a better chance of hitting on the quarterback when you have a quarterback that has the kind of size that C.J. Stroud has. And I got to be honest with you, watching him at the combine, he is an easy thrower of the football. Oh, he was so sharp. Outstanding mechanics. And you saw in the college football playoff semifinal against Georgia, a defense that was flooded with NFL talent, including Jalen Carter, who might be the best player in this draft. You saw his ability to be able to manipulate the pocket and to separate from those guys when he had to escape the pocket. He's going to be playing against NFL guys. That's got, that, It's going to be more of that. And the fact that he was able to put on the show that he did and come a last-second field goal away from being able to upset Georgia, the eventual national champ, I, I got to say, man, that, that was all that I needed to see to be sold on C.J. Stroud being the guy.
2: Craig's in Michigan next, ESPN Radio. Craig, what do you think? Well, you know what? I like the trade for both
5: teams. And, you know, first of all, um, that last caller was talking about, hey, could we have traded, you know, the two picks to get Lamar Jackson? I mean, you got Goff, Wentz, Trubisky, Trey Lance, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, certainly Lamar Jackson's worthy of two first-round picks. All those guys were, um, including whoever the Carolina Panthers picked. But I was going to say, I like that DJ Moore, they get a guy that was picked 24th overall. You already talked about his stats. That's great. But here's the thing. now Carolina loses you know the, uh, the receiver, but the cover's bare. but this is the first year um, in a while where it, as far as I know, maybe the first year ever where you got two Bolitnikoff winners coming out, Jordan Addison, uh Addison, and uh, Jalen Hyatt, not to mention J- Jackson Smith and jigba and and Clinton Johnson. You know, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs. I mean, the list goes on and on. So I think that they're thinking about, hey, we can grab one of those guys with the 39th pick overall in the second round. I like that thinking for Carolina, hey, let's get our guy. Uh, Chicago, you know what? They got themselves a haul. And even that pick in the 20, you know, the 2025 season, they could even use that pick to get
2: back into uh, a spot in this coming draft. To get another player yeah listen they could i i i totally get where you're coming from there i think what they did in getting the first round pick next year the second round pick in 2025 i i i don't know that they're going to use it to move back up again or anything like that they've got enough to do that if they want to mm-hmm. can i think that's more about if justin fields does not work out and he you know for whatever reason they figure out this year he's not the guy then they've got some capital in place to go and get the guy if they need to.
3: Well, here's the deal. You're you're building an identity around your young quarterback, so you're going to load up on the offensive side of the ball. All of the future draft capital that they acquired, they're going to need that in order to rebuild the defense. So Mm -hmm. I think they're doing this thing the right way in terms of surrounding Justin Fields with the pieces that he needs to develop properly.
2: Look, this deal to me is a win-win for both teams because the Bears get a haul, And you've got Carolina that ends up with a chance to get their quarterback in the future.
1: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.